Welcome back to our study of God's Word. We're in the first chapter of 1 John as we're studying a new book beginning this week. And we're talking about in the last part of the first chapter about facing up to sin, acknowledging sin. And the right way to deal with sin in the last of the first chapter and the first part of the second chapter, let's notice the right way to deal with sin. First thing is just don't commit sin. If we don't sin, then we don't have to worry about it. And that's why he says in 1 John 2, 1, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So what he wants us to see, that the best thing to do is to walk with Christ. And we're not going to be perfect, but to walk with Christ. And you see, if we don't sin, then all the scars and and the stain that sin brings is not there. That's the best possible thing to do is to reject temptation. But if we do sin, he says, God has provided a way for us to be forgiven. And he says it's, we have an advocate, we, one who, we have a lawyer, we have somebody who pleads our case before the Father, and it's Jesus Christ, the righteous one, and he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus actually takes our place and suffers our plight and goes to bat for us because he took our place on the cross and he's our advocate. And the word uh, means it's the same word for Holy Spirit that's used by Jesus, parakletos, in the Gospel of John. And John uses it there to describe the Holy Spirit, the one who comes alongside us to enable us and to empower us. And Jesus is also our advocate. And he's in a unique position. He's a son to the Father, but he's also a Savior and Lord to us. And as a son to the Father, he can speak to the Father on our behalf. And as a Savior to us, he can forgive us of our sin and provide for us. And also, uh, he says in the last part of the first chapter, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. It's really important that we learn what it means, what it means to, to confess. Now there's been some question, some people, John MacArthur thinks this verse is primarily uh, talking about non-believers coming to Christ. Most believers think it's talking about what Christians need to do when they sin. But either way, it's, it's true of both. If you're not a believer, you have to confess your sins and ask Jesus to forgive you. If you are a believer and you sin, and then you need to confess and ask him to forgive you. But we need to understand what the word confession really means because I don't think very many people really understand what it means to confess sin. For example, if I'm a believer in Christ, which I am, and I sin, I do something I shouldn't do or say something I shouldn't say, uh, whatever that is, if I do that, then I need to confess that to the Lord and ask his forgiveness. Well, what does that mean? Confess means to agree with, to say the same thing as. For example, if I agree with God that what I did was sin, I say, Lord, when I said those words to that person, they were hurtful and mean. And Lord, I agree with you that that's the truth about them. I agree that they were hurtful and mean. I agree that they were sin. And I ask you to forgive me. And the Bible says if we're sincere, he will. So we have to agree with him. We have to come to the same attitude toward that that he has. 
And, you know, see, we can call our sins something else. We can use modern names for them that may make them out to be less than they are. But sin is sin in God's sight, and sin blocks our fellowship with him, keeps our prayers from being answered, keeps us from enjoying the wonders and glories of the Lord and the joy of the Lord on a daily basis. So it's really important that we learn to confess our sins, that we learn to agree with him. Sometimes it may take us a while to come to that place where we agree with him. Maybe we just don't want to admit that we sinned. We don't want to admit that, that what we said and what we did was wrong, and so we don't do anything about it. But that's why somebody said we need, short, we need to keep short accounts with God, which means that every day we need to ask God if there's anything that stands between us and him, and we need to ask his forgiveness. We need to agree with him about it. Because if we ask him to bring to our mind anything that hinders our fellowship and keeps us from walking with him, I believe his Holy Spirit, if we're really sincere, his Holy Spirit will, en will enable us to experience the awareness of what that is and we'll, we'll, we'll realize what it is and we can ask him to forgive us. And when we're forgiven, it means he removes what it is from us. That is, he doesn't hold it against us. He doesn't judge us for it. He doesn't allow it to be a, a blot between us and him, but he takes it away and he forgives us and cleanses us and makes us right with him. So I think it's really important that we come to see what this means. And he begins now to talk about some other things that are really important in the Christian life. And I'll just begin these. He says, we know, verse 3 of chapter 2, that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. You see, he's, he's already said in chapter 1 that if we're not willing to face up to our sins, we're liars. We deceive ourselves, and we claim that God's a liar. And now he says, if we say that we know God, but we don't do what God says, we don't obey him, then he says we're also a liar. So it's, these are some of the ways that we know we're a child of God. I want to obey him. I sometimes don't, but when I don't, then I sin and know it, and I need to confess that. But if I obey his word, then his love is, is blessed in me is what he says, and this is how we know that we're in him. So I ask you, how well are you obeying him? You see, it's not a rote obedience where you write down the Ten Commandments and say, I'll, I'll try to keep these even if it kills me. No, it's not that kind of thing at all. It, you, you don't even have to worry about the commandments. You don't even have to worry about uh, all of those. You don't have to try to remember all the commands of God. You just make yourself available to God. You ask his spirit to fill and guide your life and ask him every day to guide you, and then he will guide you to do the things that he commands. He's not going to guide you to break the commands. He's not going to guide you to fail in those commands. He's going to guide you to obey those commands. So it's really important that you realize obedience is a real key in the life of the Christian as we grow. It's an evidence that we're a Christian, and it's also a way that we manifest to God and to others that our walk is genuine and real 
and to ourselves. So today, obey the Lord and do what he says, and you'll have a good day. God bless you.